Hi, it's Brenda Archdeacon. I am from a local company in Mbombela called Performance by Design. Fueling Futures helps me to have a look at all angles of my life. Thank you so much, Chipiso Poza, for being brave, for sharing your story. Welcome to the Fueling Futures podcast series, a five-part series to help you fuel your future. Inspired by the life of Tapiso Poza, a woman who bravely shares her story to inspire young women and men to turn their pain into fuel power. I'm Timothy Maurice Webster, an author and researcher interested in gender equality, and I co-wrote Fueling Futures along with Tapiso, and I'll be hosting conversations in each episode. You can expect to be inspired and offered strategic insights in order to pursue your best self. Meet Tapiso. She's the star of the series. Tapiso, congrats on the book, which is all about your life and the decision you've made to be bold to tell your story. It's extraordinary. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Hi, Timothy. <laughs> Super. We are recording this as the world has begun to turn the page from the pandemic. I know you've experienced a lot of challenges, but you've experienced a lot of ups as well. How have you found balance in this whole period? Oh, well, Timothy, I've just decided, you know, it's it's very important for me to focus on the opportunities and the loopholes in which I feel that we can create more as young professionals of our country. Awesome. Well, in this first episode, all we're going to do is get to know you. I've got 10 easy questions that will help people peer behind the curtain to get to know you a little bit better and even go outside of what we discussed in the book. Bishop Alex Mwami is my name. I'm the senior pastor of Holy Ghost Firehouse. I'm just so excited about this great book, Fueling Futures, written by Tepiso Posa and Timothy Morris. But after reading this book, I came to learn how to remain consistent, how to remain disciplined, and how to remain simple and focused. It's one of the powerful books, and I have learned so much from it. So here we go. Question number one. Where were you born and raised, and what's special about it? Timothy, I was born in Pumalanga, um, in a, the capital city called Nalspreit. And what's special about it is that we've just got the most amazing, um, you know, landscaping and, you know, the forestry and the um, Kruger National Park, in which I really, really enjoy spending most of my free time in. Amazing. There are people who come from all over the world to this park. Is there any animal that you identify with in that park? Yes, definitely. Um, it must be the the elephant. And I absolutely love the elephant because it reminds me of myself because I just never forget. Awesome. Number two, what was it like growing up with a family of fighters? You know, parents who were fighting for the country. That must have been interesting. What was it like? So it was very tough because obviously when I was young, I was basically raised with au pairs. My parents had to go out into the world and I had to be able to accept that at a young age. And my late sister actually was there for me to try and help me understand because we, we were 11 years apart um, to help me understand that, you know, our parents are working for us and also for the country, the leaders of our country, and that we need to be able to share them with the world so that the world can be a better place and that new and stronger leaders can be built and opportunities and doors will be open for us and others. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Number three, when you were a kid, what is one food you loved and then one you hated? Okay, Tim, um, I love spaghetti and then also I loved uh, chicken feet. They call it mawotwana in spedi. 
but I absolutely hated pig trotters. What is that? It's pig feet. People actually have them in the villages. <laughs> and my father's originally from the village. So you like chicken feet, but you hated pig feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't taste the same. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Number four. When you were a teenager, who was your best friend and why? When I was a teenager, I had a best friend from Lebanon. And it's because at, from the age of six, yeah, um, I don't know, from the age of, I've known her since from the age of six. And the reason why she was my best friend is because I felt like she made me feel like she belonged regardless of our different cultures. We always felt like we were sisters. Oh, lovely, lovely. We're getting about halfway there. Number five, what is one of your talents like? Can you dance? Can you draw, play the piano, or sing? Um, my talents are singing. I can actually sing quite a bit, um, but not anymore since I got strangled. But when I was younger, I actually did uh, enroll in Grand Hill Trinity London exams, and I wanted to go to a music school, and I took music in high school and all of those things. But unfortunately, I in matric, my parents didn't allow me to go. For those that are listening and wondering, like, whoa, whoa, she just mentioned strangled. When you get the book and listen a bit further in the next couple episodes, you'll understand what she means. Number six, when you grew up, did you enjoy going to church? Timothy, I did enjoy going to church, but not necessarily in the specific church where I was in because I felt like a lot of things were not, I, don't, I could not relate and I was not aligned with in that space. So I didn't really enjoy it eventually because of the type of church I was attending in. All right, we've got four more questions. What is one thing you think you wanted to be growing up that not many people know about, even to this day? <laughs> I wanted to be a wedding planner. And funny enough, I'm not even married till today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and why did you want to be a wedding planner? Because obviously, I think as a young child, I wanted to plan my own wedding. I wanted to plan everybody else's wedding. I'm good with planning with events, even in the family, um, in our, like, pub, in our social uh, private space. I plan all the events. So I just thought I could do this um you know but <laughs> clearly not um yeah um, really just, i'm so happy that i didn't pursue that number eight when you were in varsity what was your favorite subject favorite subject was public relations and communications because i enjoyed um speaking to people and also analyzing trends and trying to find a way and how to um, ensure that you know uh, the image of a company goes well you know positioning and all of those things number nine what do you enjoy about being a woman in business? What I enjoy about being a woman in business, Tim, is that you can bring your femininity into a boardroom. You know, you've got this nurturing nat and nature as a woman that actually brings a project to life. And I also enjoy the fact that I'm able to become creative and also have, you know, other males clapping for me. Um, instead of pulling me down, I actually enjoy working in male dominated industries. Do you see that changing at all? Do you see women starting to support each other? I actually do see it changing uh, slightly, but unfortunately, we'll, uh, for me, I feel that the older generation always try and suppress the young voice within um, a industry. And I think it's important that the young voice gets given a chance because sometimes when you change certain principles about and um, ways of doing things, sometimes you bring upon, you know, new products that will actually be lucrative and also beneficial to the company. Yeah, I know you've mentioned quite a bit in your talks and even in this podcast series, you are looking forward to mentioning 
you know, about gender equality and the importance of women supporting each other and how you've had some great role models. So I think the what, what I like about your approach is that you have a holistic way of seeing it. You're not idealistic. You're like, look, this is the reality and this is where the opportunities are. Our final question is, why should people buy the book and listen to this podcast series? Tim, I believe that people should buy the book because it actually helps people to go back to their heritage and identify their past pains that could be potentially influencing their decision-making today. And I think that it's important for us to be able to identify one's weaknesses and our history and to be able to put it together and find a way forward and you know build new strengths in order for us to have better fuel for our future and to build our own future. We need to take responsibility and accountability for what role we play in our challenges. You know, what I like about podcast series is that you just never know who's going to listen. How do you feel about the fact that you could have people around the world listening to you and your story? Uh, Tim, I really feel that that's a blessing on its own to be able to work alongside you. I've always said that I'm really grateful to God for that opportunity. And also, I've, I feel that it's encouraging for me to keep my fuel, to keep going, you know, that someone out there will hear my story and also they have their own stories and maybe my young voice will also give them confidence to also share their stories so that they can also understand themselves better and other people in their environments in terms of their social spaces and corporate spaces would be able to understand them better and become more productive. The way we're going to close out this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about and introduce the audience to some of the fun, cool, interesting things about us writing the book together. Let's go through maybe about four questions. Number one, what were the most challenging parts of getting to know each other and feeling safe? I'll tell you from my side, I'll start. I think the most challenging thing about getting to know you is that, you know, we're just from different cultures, different backgrounds. So we see the world differently. I'm more from an individualistic culture. You're more of a collective culture. And so sometimes I had to think through, just try to put myself in your shoes. I think one of the other things that was really challenging for me is that, you know, you speak several languages and your mother tongue is not English. And so I had to realize some things you can't translate. So I had to be patient, try to understand that every language in the world has unique things about it and some things don't translate well to English. And so those were the two big things that I found challenging. What about you? What did you find? Tim, from my side, I think it was just challenging. And firstly, I think when I met you, I was not very confident. You know, I really didn't know if I would, you know, be good enough for me to be able to work alongside you. I didn't know if I had those attributes. Secondly, I, you know, I was intimidated, honestly. I've never worked with an international an author and someone with, as, with your caliber. And at the same time, I also didn't think that I was ready to write a book. Um, I was not sure, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, your story is, as people will discover, is incredible and probably more valuable than my story. And while everybody's story is valuable, the thing that I appreciated early on was that you didn't try to take the position that you have all the answers. You were just really open and coming to term with your story. And I want to stress to anyone listening that we didn't put this book out because we felt that Tepiso had all the answers. It's that you wanted to create a community of people that where young women, young professionals can grow along with you. And I think that's really important. This is the big difference between this book and other books is that it was you coming to terms with your story and saying to everyone, let's grow, let's master this, let's build 
and channel our fuel together. At what point did you feel we could trust each other? Tim, I, th- I think it was the time when we were in Glenburn in Johannesburg, just out 45 minutes away from Johannesburg, and I, I had to share my rape story with you in, in detail. And, you know, I, I literally, you know, I kept pausing and I broke down for the first time. And I actually had never had to describe the story like that. The last time I described the story was when it was the day it happened to my sister at the age of six. So it was very, you know, challenging. But, you know, then I realized I could trust you because of your patience and you know, how you're very sensitive about the story, but, you know, how it had to be told so that it's going to help the next person, someone who's been through the same situation, to not give up or decide to, um, you know, commit suicide because of a challenge of rape. And, you know, for someone to feel that regardless of what you've been through, you are still able to achieve a lot. Yeah, I agree as well. I think things really shifted for us after that moment where we had to go much deeper And what we did throughout the writing process was I was open about my challenges along with you, even though the book was about you. And I think that really helped us evolve. Okay, we got two more questions. What were some of the awkward moments for you in the writing process? Let me just say one for me was, you know, we tried to find wonderful places in nature. And the weekend and the week that we were there writing, there were a lot of couples and people just assumed we were in a relationship and quite a few people recognized us and it was a bit awkward for me. What about you? No, definitely, Tim. It was so awkward. And I also think it was awkward when we were trying to ride to the swimming pool area and yeah, another man's wife kept trying to, you know, um, show, show you her physique. <laughs> yeah, she was very proud of her situation. <laughs> And so, that was very awkward yeah. for me, and we had to we had to change we had to swap seats so that you don't have to face her direction, so that she could also you know understand that we're working here. <laughs> so fortunately, we did change seats and we got the book done. Thank you so much, Tepi. So, you know, I think this first episode, I, I think we both wanted people to get a get a little bit more insight into who you are, where you're from, and your vibe. Then go get the book, and then you can go so much deeper. But make sure. You go to episode two because episode two is go a little bit further than even we do in the book. So I appreciate everyone tuning in, subscribing, downloading, and sharing it with people around you. All right, Tepi, so before we wrap up, anything you want to share? Please share this podcast with the people that you love and care for. All right, guys, we're out. Even if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, it's available on all the platforms and let everyone know. Look out for episode two as we explore the first couple chapters of the book. And as I mentioned before, we go a little bit further. Until next time. My name is Effort Pepe, the Chief Finance Officer of Meals on Wheels Community Services South Africa. Tepiso Posa, thank you for this book, Fueling Futures. This book is going to enable a lot of the youth in this country to have personal brands that are impactful. The impact that they will generate will ensure that we build sustainable and strong economies through entrepreneurs that we are building in South Africa.